What sort of video content should you be creating right now? You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you aren't familiar with our format, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email, SEO, Facebook ads, and each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on the topic. This month we're all about content marketing. So in today's episode, we're exploring that hot, complicated topic that is video marketing. We're not getting into how to hit record. We We are rather looking at what it is that makes video marketing successful. How do you work out what videos you should be creating in your business, where you should be using them, how you should be using them, how you improve the performance of them, and all that goes into successful video marketing, which is a lot more about your strategy, your planning, your understanding of your audience and your products than it is about how you wield your iPhone. We're going to meet today's guest in a moment, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with content marketing expert John Mowat. John started his career directing award-winning television at the BBC and since 2005 has been helping brands leverage the power of video marketing via his agency, Hurricane. He's also the best-selling author of Video Marketing, which is all about creating engaging video campaigns to drive brand growth and sales. We all want a bit of that, don't we? Now it's in its second edition and it's even been translated into five different languages, a feat none of my books have come even close to achieving. Um, Hello, John. Well, hello. How are you? I'm good. Congrats on the success of your book. Yeah. um, I'd like to say it was... um it was all planned, but you know, it's very much of the moment, you know, it's the topic that everyone's talking about. And uh, I just was able to distill some useful stuff. Well, hopefully we're going to distill some of that useful stuff in today's episode. Hopefully. Yes, absolutely. How did you end up deciding to go from telly into this weird world of content marketing? Again, it was a complete lack of plan, I think. Um, so it was fundamentally, I was at the BBC, I was doing, um, I was doing documentaries, pretty hardcore um, sort of observational films. I did Seaside Rescue about um, helicopter rescue, and then I did Police, and then I actually did six months out in the Gulf War, um, embedded with f- uh, 4-5 Commando during the Gulf War. So basically, I was just wow. living out in Basra, and you know, I was the first cameraman into Saddam's palace and all these kind of crazy things. And I kind of came back, and it was like, oh, I don't think I want to do that again. So it was, it was more a case of like, I just needed to have a break from being away. And I, you know, this was the same year that YouTube started. And somebody just said, look, you know, I need this, this sort of corporate thing made. And I made it, and it was like, oh, that worked well. And so really... The first few years of Hurricane were very much like production. It only really became content marketing uh, probably about eight or nine years ago. And when it was clear that people needed more than just video, right? they needed the strategy behind it. And it became more of a marketing exercise rather than here's just a film which sits on the website. So it was a very gradual. I didn't even notice I was becoming you know, an expert at it. I certainly didn't do courses or anything. It's just 30 years of learning on the job. 
really. I think it's quite interesting is it? because we have kind of gone from that space with video, which is like, oh, we just need something on YouTube. Mm. Let's just create the brand video or a how-to video something to the point where I guess it fits back with where you started with creating things for TV and story arcs and strategy and understanding what you're trying to achieve in the piece rather than just setting up a camera and letting the CEO speak. Absolutely. I mean, I think this whole idea that um, every brand, you know, all the way from big brands and e-commerce brands and even small brands, it, it's this idea that they're becoming publishers as well as just advertisers. So typically, like people have got their head around what it is to be an advertiser, but being a publisher is quite a unique skill, which is why, you know, background in the BBC sort of comes into it. But I think the other thing is as well, while it was just a few videos being made around the edges, it didn't really come across maybe the marketing director's plate or the, even the marketing managers. It was more like a tactical thing. But now you've got massive chunks of your budget and vast amounts of films being made. It like it gets the attention of everybody. And quite rightly, they're like, right, what are the KPIs? How is it going to work? And there's a much more strategic plan than, like you say, let's go and record the CEO chatting away. Now, all that huge amount of interest that now, that's now being put on video marketing, you know, and it, it seems to be infiltrating every part of the marketing mix must mean it's working really well. So what's working well right now with video? What are you seeing demand for? I wish there was a, a simple answer. I mean, the, if, if no, the thing is, it's really interesting to talk about video and, and it's, a, it's really just a format. It's a tool like any other. It's no different from an email or it's just, it's a tool at the right time at the right place. Um, the thing with video is that if you think about, you know, the contemporary sales funnel, it work, video works really well at the awareness phase. If you're in the mid funnel, sort of a, a consideration phase and you want to communicate longer conversations with people, it works really, really well there. But also, if you're just trying to drive action and you're just trying to target people with a buy now message, again, it works. So it works as an advert. It works as kind of brand brand building. It works as kind of deep content. So it's really working across the funnel. And I think that's what's why it's kicking off so much, because one asset, even even one idea can run across the whole funnel. So we could literally use the same, if we get it right, we could use the same video at every part ah, now this is where i'm gonna this is where i rant this is the so, oh, so no, please we we love a rant so let's have the rant please. well i mean the way i took talk about it is a spork right everyone knows what a spork is it's a spoon and a fork it's actually a crap spoon and a crap fork it's like one tool that does everything is never going to be good at anything so video as a tool can be used across the sales funnel and maybe there's one central idea that can be used across the sales funnel but your assets are going to be different your 15 second or 30 second paid ad is going to be very different from your two and a half minute, three minute mid funnel. This is who we are. Here's an interview with the people that made it, which is again going to be very different from your bottom of funnel 10 second by now there's 10% off. And what I mean by it might have the same creative thought, you know, like we're the home of quality or this is where you meet your family or whatever those central core messages might be. But it's definitely not the same version of the tool throughout the sales funnel. It could all be part of the same campaign, mm -hmm. but it's going to be a different key message, a different purpose, I suppose, for exactly. each. Exactly. A different shape of the tool really is, is what it is. And it boils down to how how people want to consume video. So if they've never heard of you before, it's the first time they've ever heard of you, you're talking about emotional messages, you're talking about building a connection so they want to know more, very sure. You've probably paid to put that in their face. You know, they probably haven't expected to see it. 
Whereas further down the funnel, they're choosing to watch you. So it's got to be entertaining and worth watching. They have to get value out of it. So those kind of different propositions, even if they're centered around the same value, they're just completely different outputs. And that's why it's so fascinating what we're doing now. We're making short, sharp paid ads, but also long form documentaries. So, you know, we get to use all of these great skills. But you mentioned emotion in there. You mentioned a lot of things I want to come back to. But <laughs> yes, sorry. Yeah, just no, no, laugh, it's, you know. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It was a good rant. Um, the bit on emotion, I think, is the bit which, which is why video is becoming so popular. Because to create a video is a lot more work than just creating a graphic or writing some copy because it's a more complicated thing to put together and to do well. I'm sure many copywriters and graphic designers would argue against that. But anyway, um, so there has to be a reason why, why video is more powerful than these other content formats. And for me, that always comes back to the ability to kind of storytell, to build emotion, which is something consumers seem to be wanting more and more. Is that something you're seeing too? Yeah. I mean, if you were to say what's the most important thing that video does, it's got to be emotional storytelling. I mean, it it does move, so it attracts your attention. It is on our mobile devices, which we're obsessed with. There's loads of other kind of side things, but this idea that we can show someone a story, we can create changes in their brain chemistry, whether that be sort of endorphins or dopamine, all these kind of things. That's been shown time and time again, that if we change that brain chemistry, we can change the way people think. And I think one of the things that people get quite sort of concerned around is when we're talking about emotion is, do I need to make people cry? Do I need to make them smile? Has everything got to be a John Lewis Christmas ad? And actually you can have emotional connections, um, a, a much more practical level. For example, you know, let's say that you're an uh, an app company and you you need you've got something which saves people time. Well, actually, the idea that you save time so you can go home and have a better life work balance this is the kind of emotional connection that that we're talking about. It's like it's it's finding the what I call the emotional motivator of the audience. What do they actually care about, uh, and leveraging that to change behaviour. And that's what video. I mean, all you know, lots of other tools do it as well, but video is so good. I mean, we have been sitting around the campfire using audio and visuals to tell stories since, you know, since the sort of cavemen. Um, and, you know, we have always told stories in these ways. So stories are hardwired into how we communicate. And video is really good at just sort of bringing all that sort of uh, technique to life and really making it work. So we can, we can use it at every stage of the funnel. Mm-hmm. It's got huge emotional potential. How do we start? What, what, you know, for a business who knows they need to be doing more of, of this in their marketing, what's, what's the starting point for, for doing video well? How do we set ourselves up for success as we head down this pathway? Yeah, it's, that's a really, really good question because, you know, I'm here saying it can work across the funnel. It can do all these sophisticated things and it can be in so many formats. And there's a danger that you look at a blank board and you just don't know where to start. So the way I always look at it is if we're doing a content mapping exercise, we start by looking at the content funnel. Do we, and where our business problems are? So do people not know who we are, as in we have an awareness problem? Or is it that they know who they are, but they don't understand what we do? Or they understand what we do, but they they go to a competitor? Or they understand what we do, but they don't convert? So it always starts with those business problems. 
And if you have a problem that no one knows who you are, then great. You know that you're going to be doing some paid ads because you need to shout. But if you're get driving traffic to your website and they're not converting, then that's great too, because you know that you need more on-site content, which explains what you stand for, maybe what the products actually do, maybe a little bit of sort of the heritage and the kind of background of the products. So it absolutely starts with what is my business problem and what is the particular tool that I need, which is going to to change that around. And so it starts with planning, really. Yeah. And I think one of the, inter- we'll get, I, we are going to get into planning because I love a bit, a bit of, planning. of planning. Absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're going to get into that in a moment. But I think one of the interesting things when you start with this, with this problem that, that it struck me is that the answer isn't just the video. It's how you use the video. So it's the video plus the ads, the video plus the SEO and the content and the navigation on the website or the video in the email marketing sequence. So it's not as simple as like a blog post does something all of its own. We have to kind of combine video with something 99% of the time, don't we? You've absolutely hit the nail on the head. So you put your video, you stick it on your YouTube channel, it's going to do nothing for you. Or you stick it on your um, website, it's going to do nothing for you. But you suddenly combine that with a good bit of uh, you know SEO writing, so you get your titles right and your body copy right, um, and then you sort of start picking up more search. Or on YouTube, you start combining it with you know sort of stuff that can be found to drive awareness of the brand. It's, it is very much how you how you plan it. And in terms of planning, you know you always start with what your objectives are. But then you have to think about, well, who am I talking to? You know, what kind of messaging resonates with them? But the big part of planning is how am I going to activate it? And this is, I think, where more and more agencies like Hurricane are, are really helping brands out because it's like, okay, how are we going to do paid media around this on LinkedIn or YouTube or, or you know, wherever it might be? You know, can you do anything around it? How do we work for organic? So it's it's absolutely not just on its own. And right back in the planning stage, we're looking at the activation side of it. Does that feed into how you create the actual video and what's in the actual video because of where you're going to need to put it and promote it? Is it Does activation go in to the very beginning of the kind of the storyboarding, I suppose? Yeah. And it's really difficult to know where to start in the planning. Do you start with how you're going to activate it or whatever? But it's a bit of a cycle. But all I can say is like, if you know that Let's say you're selling a product, you've got an e-commerce site and you're selling a product and it's a surfing product, but no one in the surfing community is, is, has ever heard of you. So you need to make, let's say you choose, for example, well, what we want to do is we want to find people on Instagram who live in the southwest of England who like surfing. So you know that's going to be some kind of paid Facebook or Instagram kind of activation. You instantly know that that's going to be probably a 30-second type thing. So you know that's going to be a short and punchy thing. But actually, where do they go next? Well, we need to then get them onto our site and we need to convince them that we, you know, we are the brand, the surfing brand that really cares about their community and their passions. So we're going to have a two or three minute passion piece because we need to delve down into sort of our heritage and who we are. So you can instantly see like your first awareness, short and punchy, you know, your mid funnel, two to three minutes. So the activation and where it's seen absolutely has a direct correlation to what kind of content that you might do. We've just been doing a really nice piece of work for a financial um, investment management called Close Brothers, a company there. And 
actually, what was really interesting was that we were trying to do brand awareness through um, LinkedIn and Twitter and Instagram. And we made a 60-second commercial for their homepage on the site, which told a very warm story around what they did. And we did a 30-second cutdown for paid. But actually, what we tried doing was running the 60-second on the paid formats as well. And because that 60-second let you breathe the story more, it actually succeeded probably more than the cut down. So I think what I'm saying is there's never an exact science, but um, you're looking to tell the best story that you can. Sometimes it's 60 seconds, sometimes it's 30, but you know, you tr- whatever it takes to make that emotional connection with people. Yeah. So there's all these, these, these rules in inverted commas, but it's never quite hard and fast because if the story's strong enough and it needs that space to breathe, then it's, you know, because it's message and format so much of the time. But the, the thing I wanted to ask you about as well is presumably as well as determining the length and the, the kind of the key angle of the content, this has, you know, the where we're going to be distributing it has an impact on the, literally the screen side, if that makes sense. So if you're doing, if it's going to all be about Instagram, then you need square and you need, um, portrait. Whereas if it's going to be YouTube, then you're going to be more about the landscape. You're probably going to be more about the landscape on the website. So I suppose that comes into the filming plan as well. Yeah, it does. It starts with the activation plan. The amount of deliverables is going up exponentially every year. So, you know, 10 years ago, we'd have delivered you a 16.9 on DVD. Um, Now we're going to be probably doing you a pack of different calls to actions, different opening messages, all in one, one, all in nine sixteen, all in various languages. You know, I mean, we're, we're quite often delivering 60 or 70 assets for one campaign and it's just gets really complicated, but you do need to plan that. Um, and in any sort of agency or any production company worth their salt, will be planning how you're going to get the one ones and the, the nine sixteens out of it. Yes. I can imagine how frustrated, or, you know, I've been in the situation where you're kind of you've maybe done a photo shoot and then you discover you only have decent pictures of you looking to the left and you need one looking to the right. And it must be, you know, when you're trying to create those 60, 70 pieces for one, um, for one campaign, if you've not worked out exactly what you need at the beginning, it's not like you can just nip back to the location and shoot it again. But I just wanted to clarify something very quickly with you, John, which is um, 16.9 is widescreen and 1.1 is Instagram squares. Would that be right? Yeah, that's square. And then 916 is portrait. So imagine it's just a phone on its side and phone vertically. Yes, I did get quite nerdy there, didn't I? But yeah, <laughs> widescreen 69, 11 is square and 916 is vertical. Cool. That's good because literally half the audience are going, well, obviously, Chloe. <laughs> and the other half of the audience are going, oh, thank you so much for yeah, explaining the, the, that. The honest half, yeah. It's, um... <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about the campaign that involves 70 odd pieces. And I suspect most of the listeners are somewhere between zero and halfway to that. Mm. So how does, if we want to to start with something simple, have you got any tips for keeping it easy and effective in the early stages? I mean, it's like anything in marketing. It's about planning, it's about testing, and it's about iterating quickly. So there's going to be something about your brand which you definitely know for a start you know messages that have always already resonated in other areas or things that always sell well um you know that's the place to start and then you can iterate other things so you know i've worked with a couple of e-commerce brands where they've like well we've got you know we've got pages that are doing well and you always have this debate about do we make videos for the pages that aren't doing well or the ones that aren't doing well and the easy win 
is to start making product films or other kind of sort of range films on the pages that are already doing well because you've already got metrics around it and then when you put the video in there you can see exponentially how many more sales you've got um if you put them on pages on products that don't sell so well you your learnings are more difficult to skew because you don't know whether it's like oh it was the film or it was the messaging or whatever so pick some easy wins you know things that you're already quite confident will do well and then just change the intro messaging and the outro messaging that's really what works I really like that. It reminds me of, gosh, 15 odd years ago when when I worked for a retailer and we were testing what the right products were to put on the homepage of the website. We had like four spaces for products and we tested the best sellers, putting the four best sellers there. And we tested putting four things we had far too much stock of there. And all the sales went up, but the best sellers went up like fivefold, whereas the the dog products went up like one. Yeah, it was like, exactly. Yes, we can use the homepage to, you know, to clear. And, you know, we can can use all these marketing methods to clear the stuff that's not selling anyway. But if we deploy it on the stuff that's really selling, we get so much more impact. And it's clearly going to be the case with, with, in my experience, it's the case across the board. The more effort you put into your best bits, the more impact you get. Yeah. Also, I just think in my brain was thinking then, sorry, while you were talking about internal, internal optics, so like, you know, you want to bring video into what your company does. It is a kind of a higher barrier, you know, it's a higher entry point than maybe some other formats. Starting with something that you know is going to work and going to push already good sales by 20% or 30% or 40%. That means you're going to free up the budget then to try other stuff. Whereas chuck it at something which isn't doing well, it's not going to do brilliantly and and you know, you don't get that ROI. Yeah, and it's a much easier sell to say we're going to do a couple of videos around this product, then we're going to distill our entire brand down into one 30-second video. You know, the boss is going to be a lot more open to explaining product X and trusting you with that than they are about, yeah, you just distilled the whole 10 years of my company into a, you know, it's going to be a lot easier ride on the sign-off process. Yeah. There's not even particularly any reason to do that. I think there is always a temptation that the first video should be the brand film because that's, you know, that's what's going to convince people. Whereas I think probably the first thing you should be doing is some tactical stuff, um, some smaller, lower budget tactical talking heads, case studies, testimonials, like things that works, little product shots. That's where you're going to get your learnings. Because actually to jump in at the, I mean, unless you've got a significant budget and you've got time to, to plan, or you want to run it as an ad campaign, which is different. I, I don't think there's that much benefit for like a scene setting um, brand film. The only, the only reason I would do that is if you're getting a lot of traffic and it's not converting. Because that suggests to me that people haven't bought into the vision of what you are trying to do. Um, let's say you're a little sort of South Coast or North Coast, um, I don't know, coffee shop and you make your own coffees. You know, people are coming to your site, but they're not, they're not buying those ground coffees. Well, that's when you do the brand film to explain who you are. But if you've got decent sales and things are working, then improve the performance of the products you've got, I think is the best way. Excellent, John. Well, look, we're going to pause now for a mind of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the wider world of content marketing. Do you know what the email and SMS marketing platform most frequently recommended by our podcast guests is? Yup, it's Klaviyo, the email and SMS marketing platform that helps you send messages like an e-commerce expert, even if you're just getting started. Create your free account at klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.
Okay, John, so far we've gone deep into video marketing. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of content marketing. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with content marketing, which of course does include video marketing. John, are you ready for these? Yes, no, I wasn't nervous before, but I'm nervous. <laughs> I'm never quite sure whether that bit reassures or makes <laughs> guests more nervous. I think it's probably a 50-50. Let's start with content marketing newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Okay. The thing I always start with is who are you talking to and what do they care about? Because it doesn't matter if you don't know that, if you don't know what they genuinely care about, or you don't think you know what you care about, it doesn't matter what you write, what you say, how cool your video is, it's going to have a bugger all difference. Um, so identifying one or two of your key audiences really get into grips with what they genuinely think is that matters. And I think there's always a, a temptation to go, well, what they really care about is what our product or service does. And the answer is they probably don't care. Um, you know, they're, they're more interested in how good it's going to make them look, how it's going to make them feel, how they're going to save money, you know, drill down into those genuine emotional motivators and your content will work much more effectively. Excellent. Okay. Once they've started, of course, you've got to keep optimizing. So what's your favorite way to improve content marketing performance? Um, in terms of what I, how I continually optimize, it's really about keeping an eye on the data and whether that is a paid campaign, which to be honest, the data is really easy to look at because it's like, you know, that did that and, and we can test that or on site looking at Google Analytics, you know, how that video is performing, how that content is performing. And not being afraid to just try it again. So we talk about um, the four R's. We have a review and then we either renew, refresh or reiterate. And if it's working um, and it just it just needs maybe, you know, we just renew it, we put more paid behind it or we just keep going. It might need a refresh and that it was doing well um, and it just, you know, it's just sort of dipped off, in which case we just give it a little tart up, maybe change some of the copy or reiterate, which is a quite nice way of saying that was a bit crap. Let's put that to one side and do something else. So it's it's about just trying stuff, keeping an eye on it, see how it did and, and you know, reiterating what you're doing. I like that. Review, then renew, refresh or reiterate. That's right, yeah. The four oh, R's. Yes. Excellent. Which I think can be applied to any marketing at all, which is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it can be a formal stage of a campaign. You know, it can be like um, very formalized or it can just be something that you've just got in your head of like keeping an eye on things that are coming through. Nice. Okay. If someone listening wants to learn more about content marketing, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Well, I mean, that's a surprise what I would say. <laughs> um, obviously, as someone who's written a book on video marketing, I would suggest my book, which is very reasonably priced, but um, I do have an Udemy course as well. It really depends on what you're looking to do. If you want a strategic stuff, then there's, you know, books like mine and there's courses, or if you just, you just want to get started and you want to just know how to use your iPhone better, you know, hit YouTube. There's plenty of free resources out there. The free resources tend to be more on the kind of tactical stuff, like how do I do the thing that I already know that I'm doing? Whereas I would suggest investing a little bit of budget on something a bit more strategic and a bit of learning, even just a four hour online course, you know, you're going to be so far ahead when you start. Excellent. Well, we will add links to uh, to your book and your course in the show notes for everyone, John. So thank you very much for those. Finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for with content marketing? Well, for me, the most exciting stuff that's coming up is increased personalization and increased interactivity. So 
Traditionally, video is what we would call a lean back format. You know, you sit back, you watch it on your phone, you watch it on the screen. And we're looking at ways of making this lean in. So as soon as we start adding interactivity, such as hotspots or choose your own adventure, where you kind of choose which way you watch stuff, people start leaning in, your engagement rate goes up, your completion rates go up and your conversion rates go up. So I think more and more we can expect new bits of tech that just mean people that are engaging with the video more. So for example, in the e-commerce space, you might be having a, a, a nice video of your entire range and you can actually click on items in the video to find out more and you can put those straight into your basket. You know, that's been done by lots of tech platforms and people like Clark's use it and it works really, really well. So just more ways of using existing content that just add um, more functionality and more sort of lean-in ability if you want to use a horrible marketing expression. I love that. Thanks, John. And we, I will be looking forward to seeing some e-commerce brands trying those out. Um, we are very nearly at the end of the show, though. So could you please let listeners know where they can find you and your business? Yes, um, just Google Hurricane Media. Um, we're based in Bristol and London. Uh, we film all over the place. But um, yeah, um, you can Google uh, Hurricane Media and we should hopefully pop up if our SEO has been any good. Excellent. John, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast. It's been a pleasure chatting with you about how we do video marketing better. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks very much for having me. Very enjoyable. Thanks. So there you have it. Video can be used at all levels of the sales funnel. You probably want to start with it at the tactical level, get those best-selling products converting better for you. And it all starts with planning, sit down, work out who it is you want to talk to, what it is they care about, and which channels you're going to be activating the content via. And that's going to help you work out what and how you need to create it all. You can get John's book, Video Marketing, Create Engaging Video Campaigns to Drive Brand Growth and Sales on Amazon, available uh, worldwide. And we will add links to his book, to the course, and to all the other bits and bobs we discussed on the show notes page. Plus there you can also get the full transcript of this episode, our notes, and a fair few other bits and bobs at keepoptimizing.com. Just click on all episodes and you will find this one. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, then do check out the rest of our content marketing month because I think it will help you build on what you've learned in this episode. And please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I put all of this together to help as many marketers as possible improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing. Have a brilliant week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.